Welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. I speak with Kevin Flynn, an administrative appeals judge for the Department of Health and Human Services. What was his path to become a judge? What advice would he give those to pursuing a career in law? And what happened when he had to take the deposition of a convicted terrorist? Listen in to find out and enjoy this episode. So we're let's start with your current gig right now. So you you were just talking. You're an AA judge. Is that did I say that right? AAJ, yeah. So I'm an administrative appeals judge for the uh, Department of Health and Human Services. Tell me a little bit about what that is and and the day in the life, if you can. I don't know if every day is. I'm I'm guessing it's different, but generally speaking. Sure. So you've heard of an administrative law judge, ALJ. I'm like one level above that. And so I my my job is to review their decisions with respect to Medicare. So yeah, my days actually aren't really <laughs> that different. Um, I'm, I'm really <clears throat> reviewing a lot of uh, medical records and reviewing the ALJ's decision, listening a lot of times to the hearing, mm. uh, listening to witnesses and stuff, and then you know making a decision whether or not the administrative law judge made the correct decision. So in the area I'm working, there's like five levels of appeal, really. There's, and I'm the fourth, I'm right before the, so uh, if someone's unhappy with my decision, they can go to federal court. That's the, basically the top, you know, the top level of review. So I'm like the fourth level of review and a lot of writing decisions. I. I've been at my job for like a year and a half now, and I've probably cranked out five, 600 decisions. Wow. Yeah. How often so, are you in a, I mean, I don't know if you can say this or not. So maybe some stuff you can't say, but how often are you in alignment with what comes your way? Is it, is there a big. Um, that's a great question, actually. Um, we're, I think most AAJs in my group probably, you know, we, we um, affirm more often than, anything else. I think I probably have one of the highest numbers of reversals. Just, I don't know why. I mean, I find this, I seem to find things wrong with uh, mm-hmm. sometimes in the record or, or whatever, but yeah, I mean, overall, and I think this is probably true across the board in any appellate <clears throat> judge position, you're usually going, I mean, the percentages are, you know, you're affirming the, the lower level. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not sure what the percentages are, but yeah. uh, you know, Personally, it's probably for me, 80, 20, maybe. Interesting. Interesting. 75, 25, maybe. And so you said you've been at this for about a year. What were you doing before you moved into this type of role? So I was, uh, well, I mean, I can give you a quick background on on myself. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, out of law school, I went to law school in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, Creighton University. It's a Jesuit university. I went there undergrad law school, took a year off went to law school and then joined the Navy JAG, you know, judge advocate general. We did that for six years, got out, stayed in reserve, 
did a bunch, not a bunch, but I did some other jobs. Uh, eventually what happened that got me out in DC was I was a reservist. We, you know, I raised my kids, my wife and I raised our kids in Denver, but I got activated as a reservist to come work at the military commissions in DC back in 2014. So that I was at that job for eight years. And that was the job I worked at as a prosecutor on a terrorism case just prior to taking the this job. Wow. So, so actually, that was that was one of my questions for you was, you know, the, in terms of what kind of lawyer you were before you moved into being a judge. And so and that was with the Navy. Right. And, well, yeah. So I was doing doing a lot of things, um, <laughs> you know, with the Navy right out of law school. I was I, you do. A, that's a great thing about that job. You do all sorts of different types of law. I was the defense counsel in criminal cases in the military. I defended sailors who charged with uh, crimes under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. I did a lot of legal assistance, you know, wills and powers of attorneys and stuff like that for, for uh, sailors, you know, deploying or, or what have you. Yeah, did did some claims work. And then I was an appellate government attorney. So that was in D.C. That uh, was mid-90s, maybe, uh-huh. long time ago. Um, <laughs> got to argue in front of, uh, you know, the highest... Navy court and then the highest military court, um, probably like 15, 16 times. And then I got out, but stayed in the reserve. So when that happens, you're kind of, I was working at a firm in Omaha. We returned to Omaha, but I'm also still doing my reserve stuff too. So it's really stayed really busy on my civilian side. I was just worked at a firm for a few years, doing a lot of, uh, you know, insurance defense work, uh, workers' compensation. Then I took a job out in Denver with a major insurance company and was there for 16 years. But during that whole time, I was also like drilling, you know, as a reservist. So doing all kinds of other stuff. So it was pretty varied work. I'm really, really glad I stayed in the reserves. It just kind of gave me a variety. You know, I was in Hawaii. It was one of my duty stations. So I got to fly from Denver to Hawaii, stay there for two weeks and, you know, do legal work out there. So, um, yeah, and the job just prior to becoming the judge was I was a the deputy prosecutor on a terrorism case at the commissions, which was just fantastic, just really interesting. You know, fly down to uh, Cuba quite a bit for our hearings. Just really, I have, like, uh, I have so many things I want to ask you about. Let me, so, yeah, no, so I'm the, sorry. No, no, it's so good. So the first thing is. Um, Sometimes I'll check in uh, with Paul and I'll be like, hey, I'm going to talk to so-and-so. Like, what's like, because I have my questions, but I'm always like, maybe he's like my audience member. So he had a question that I never thought of. And now that you mentioned the Cuba travel and some of the other things you did, he talked about like safety. Like, is there ever a concern like, you know, maybe now in your role, maybe there's not a lot of risk or safety concerns, but certainly some of the things you just talked about. Are you ever a target? Is that something that you ever had to be concerned about in terms of, you know, the the role that you're in? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't think there's much of that issue in my current job, at least not yet. I mean, I suppose someone could read one of my decisions and not be happy with it, but uh, that that hasn't really happened. I mean, usually in, in the job I'm doing now, I'm not. So the beneficiary, you know, in, in Medicare case, is doesn't have an attorney, or we, you know, we we try to give them as much benefit of the doubt as, as we can. Whereas if, you know, if, if the beneficiary has an attorney, then we may, may, may look at things a little bit differently. But most of the time I'm dealing with 
Medicare contractors, not individual beneficiaries. Most of the time they're upset because they haven't been paid or they were paid and the government took it back. So I don't think that's gonna, hopefully not much of an issue. It was a huge issue actually in the commissions though. Absolutely. You know, our name, I, I remember we had some witnesses where we actually had to file motions with the court so they could testify under a pseudonym because they were, they were concerned, yeah. you know, that their names would be in the paper and terrorists would see, see that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we weren't able to do that. So our names are out there. It was a, always a concern working at the commissions. Absolutely. Do you get like extra protection or are there ways that people kind of, um, no, you're like shaking his head. No, um, no, no, no. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and I, and I never really had an issue. Yeah. But I mean, I can tell you there were times where I was like, wow, I'm, my name's out there. I argued this motion, you know, hopefully I mean, it's not, it's not seen or whatever. So, yeah. but I know, and so there was really nothing ever came to fruition, but it was absolutely concerned. Actually, our offices are kind of, used to be called, we would say we'd hide in plain sight. Our offices were in Tyson's in an office building. Most of the time we wore civilian clothes. We weren't supposed to wear military uniforms uh, yeah. at, at the building so you, we couldn't be identified. So yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, but was that Paul's? Yeah, that's Paul's question. Yeah. Thank was, you. And it was, so that was a big issue. That was probably the only time though um, that that was an issue in my career. He's number one fan and longtime listener of the program. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And then the other question I had, one about like the prosecuting and you talking about being in D.C. and, and going in front of the federal court. And, you know, there's a the picture you have right in movies of how that's played out in terms of that role and, and what you have to do and sort of the theatrics of that. And so I'm curious as someone who's really been in that and doing that. How far off is that in terms of what we see? And for you personally, kind of what is it like, right, to be in that mode or to have to be, you know, at the end of the day, you're influencing an outcome, which I think is relatable to anybody, huh? relatable, uh, that's kind of doing what they do, right? So I am really curious about kind of that, that adrenaline, what that feels like, and is it like as we see it sort of demonstrated in film and TV, is that really how it is? Yeah, wow, a lot, lot there. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, my, my, my whole, or most of my career, I've been a litigation attorney. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've had jury trial, or we call them member trials in the military, where it's basically a jury of military members. So I've had those trials. I've argued in appellate courts. I've had a lot of civilian uh, jury trials with respect to like civil cases, you know, product liability cases, workers comp. Yeah, it's... It, it depends on the personality. I, to be honest with you, really enjoyed my time in the military doing that stuff. And for a time, I liked doing it as a civilian attorney. But when I was with travelers, I, you know, I was traveling a lot. So it's it's a litigation attorney can be a very stressful position. Yeah. And, you know, unless you absolutely just adore doing that, it, it can be tough. And, you know, that's not really what I live for, getting up in front of people and, <laughs> you know, but that was my job for many years. But yeah. I mean, overall I enjoyed it, but it gets to the point where, you know, I would like to be to the next, move to the next level, which is basically a judge. Right. So I was, you know, I was applying to be an administrative law judge for probably three or four years and finally got this position with respect to the movies. Um, I think most trials are, are just a lot more boring than movies to pick them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the most exciting case I worked on was the te terrorism case that I talked to you about. Um, you know, we had some really interesting stuff in there, which could maybe be a movie. I mean, 
our defendant was an older guy, Hadi al-Iraqi. He was from Iraq. He was basically uh, Osama bin Laden's probably second or third guy, um, kind of ran things in a big part of Af- Afghanistan, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, we captured him in 2006. So he's been in, in Guantanamo for, for many years and he had some medical issues, like he ended up having like four or five back surgery. So we had to bring in a bed in the courtroom. He would lay down because he was in so much pain. It was just really like really bizarre stuff that I think actually would be, that's really the only yeah. closest, you know, the case closest that might might be interesting in a movie. But most of the time, you know, even when you're trying doing jury trials, it, it's not nearly, at least in my opinion, it's not nearly as exciting as they make it on TV. And I think that I think the thing that's interesting because it was in Fairfax, the whole Johnny Tepp trial was here, and so there was a lot of coverage of that, right? And so you could see a lot of that if you wanted to. It was like live streaming, and you could watch it. And I think the right. thing that struck me, and not that I watched a lot of it, but the the details. It's like all in the details. It seems, and the ability for you, I think, as an attorney, to like be able to recall those details and kind of know where to go and probe but it's in some ways it seems super repetitive where you're sort you're like asking the same question but maybe in five different ways but it's the same detail that you're trying to sort of uncover and to me that painstaking kind of dissection of trying to figure that out like you have to be very detail oriented and you have to absolutely and then be able to, I would say, detail-oriented, have great recall, and then be able to like have that critical thinking to go in and like picket stuff to get to the real truth. I mean, is that, you know, one of the other questions I had for you is kind of around like, what are the characteristics and skills, right, of someone that is good at this type of work? You know, whether you want to be a lawyer or you, you know, want to be a judge, like what are the things that now that you've done this, for your career, what are those things? So as, as I sort of talked about it, are those some of the things that you kind of need to be really good at? Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, attention to detail to me is like one of the most important things. And, and you know, over the years, I've gotten better at that. And I think that's really one of my stronger points now. I'm just really almost to the point of being Obsess- anal, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Obsessive, even yeah. When I was, yeah, yeah, so, you know, when I was doing, when I do a witness, even as an older attorney, I, you know, I would script everything out and just, you know, have everything outlined, you know, when I'm doing a direct examination, for example. Um, so I get, that was one of my, I think, strong points. You know, a lot of, I think one of my weak points to my whole career is I sometimes wouldn't trust myself. So I, I would just really be tied sometimes to the outline. I wish I would, wouldn't have, you know, looking back on it. But yeah, I would say that's that's a huge, to be a successful litigator, I think you absolutely have to have, you know, attention to detail. I think you have to be, you know, adaptable and flexible. And sometimes, you know, that would that would be things I probably needed to work on, you know, looking back on it, you know, on a 30 year career. But yeah, I, I think I think those are some of the qualities, you know, with respect to a judge, being a judge, I think you have to be, um, you know, you have to be open minded. You have to be um, I think you, you absolutely need attention to details of judge as well. You know, fair minded. Uh, adaptable. Is Those it, are some. I think some of the qualities. Is it hard to that? Was, is it hard to be neutral all the time? I mean, that as a judge, right? Isn't it that you're constantly weighing and and having to be objective? Is that is that hard to like? Is that a, do you have to be intentional about that throughout the whole thing to make sure that you're because you're all, you're your own judge in effect right. of making sure right. you do that right? Like, 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a good, that's another good question. I, I mean, I think my background. I mean, I was I've done everything, and that helps me. I you know I've been the defense side. I've been a prosecutor, but yeah, I think sometimes you just have to remind yourself um, because you know my the past eight years before this job, I was a prosecutor. You know, when I was writing a brief, you know, you're arguing, yeah. um, and you have to be careful when you're coming out with your decisions. I think sometimes I want to argue, but it's really just interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're not really making. I mean, you can be making arguments, but it's really not as you know, like you would. It's different. So, yeah, you definitely need to uh, keep in mind, you know, what your job is as a judge. I think. Did you always know you wanted to be an attorney? No, no. I was thinking about this last night because I figured you'd ask me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I had a good time in college. You know, I was in a fraternity, just loved college. It was probably like one of the four, you know, four of the best years of my life. Wasn't really ready to, uh, I don't think, get into the working world. So. I graduated from Creighton and took a year off. And my, my dad was stationed down in New Mexico at the time. And Aaron actually went to high school for one year down in New Mexico. And um, there was nothing down there. So they, you know, they're from Providence, Rhode Island. So I, I moved to Providence the year I took off and tried to you know work, get a job with like, it was called Norwest Financial, but it was like Wells Fargo. Basically, mm-hmm. they, they were bought out. Loan officer, just a horrible job. I hated it. And I was like, Oh man, what am I doing? I'm not ready for this. So I basically just, I had a friend who was going to law school and I'm like, you know what? I think that sounds interesting and I want to get out. I want to get back to school now. <laughs> um, so yeah, really not a big plan to be a lawyer, but just, I wanted, I wasn't ready. I don't think I was yeah. kind of immature. I wasn't ready for the working world. Yeah. I just went to, to law school and, you know, early in law school, my family has a military background, my dad, my uncle, I figured um, I would, you know, I was really always interested in either the Navy JAG or, or the Air Force JAG. So, yeah, kind of worked out. And that was, you know, one of the best decisions I think I've, I've ever made. It was, I wish I would have stayed in um, active. Again, looking back on it, I was only active for like five and a half years. But even being a reservist, I ended up with, you know, 28 years in the Navy. Just fantastic people you meet and yeah. uh, just really varied position jobs, just really interesting. Kind of wanted, I was kind of pushed my son towards it, but he, yeah, it's hard to get in now. When I was applying, it was nowhere near like it is now. I don't think I'd get in now. Based, I mean, you have like, it's really competitive. A lot of law students want to be Jags. Oh, so that was interesting because that was another thing about the military. I know, you know, I knew about your dad and your uncle. So, so that was, once you got to law school, you kind of knew that was going to be your next step. It wasn't, you know, like that was part of the at least intentional path at that point. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, your one-stop shop for workshops, coaching, speaking, and soft skills development. If you'd like to hire Teresa, visit www.tfasoftskills.com for more information. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I wasn't a hundred percent certain, but I definitely was going to look into it. And I, I didn't know, I didn't think I wanted to work like at a firm because I clerked at a firm in Omaha and didn't really like the whole billing, billable hour thing. So mm-hmm. uh, I figured, you know, I'd try to be maybe, you know, either a government attorney or in the military. So it wasn't a hundred percent, but I definitely was pointing that way in law school. It seems like it's so interesting that you really kind of on a whim, <laughs> decided to do it and then it turned into this whole 
long career path that you seem to really enjoy and it seemed to really fit your strengths. Like that's pretty cool that it sort of, it doesn't, I mean, it seemed like it sort of just happened and then you were like sort of off to the races once you got, like once you got into law school, you were like, I really like this. And like, this is really interesting to me. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, uh, there's some law school classes I could stand obviously, but um, yeah. Right. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, I had when I so I worked at Travelers uh, Insurance Company in Denver, you know, I worked as a work comp attorney and a subrogation, you know, kind of like product liability, mm. all sorts of interesting stuff. Then I was kind of so sick of traveling and doing the litigation. It was just so stressful. I moved over to kind of a, a high level handling major cases as an adjuster almost, you know, mm. and I ended up that was actually not a very good move, to be honest with you. I, after about a year, I was really just bored and didn't really like that job. And I basically kind of was stuck because I wanted to stay, we wanted to stay in Denver until my kids graduated from high school. So yeah, but other than that period, I've enjoyed my career, but by far I, the Navy was the most enjoyable. The best part. To me. Best part. Just, you just meet like the quality of people you meet there for the most, for the most part, obviously, you know, there's a few jerks. Um, used to work with one uh, in my last <laughs> job. I've known him for like 24 years, but we, we worked well together, but he's, everybody hates him. It's hilarious. But anyway, um, yeah, just the, the quality of people that to me was always pretty high. Just kind of had the same commitment, I guess. You want to serve your country and yeah, do, do your, your best or whatever. So look on, looking back on it, you know, it's, I'm glad I did that. It was. I've talked to a couple of, um, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to know a fair amount now. It's kind of happened in the last few years, maybe five years, a lot of Naval Academy graduates. I've interviewed a few on here and um, I would agree that like everybody I've met, well, really all military, but I just feel like there's such a caliber of human and, you know, character and, and all those good things. And I so appreciate your service. I should have said that at the beginning. So I, so I told you a little bit, and there are two, two things. Like one of the things I noticed, it was your, the war college that you do the war college. Tell me a little bit about that and, and what that is. Is that, that effectively like a master's program for people in the military? Exactly. And I'm nine, six hours short of a master's actually. So what it was, was um, when I got to the commissions, I remembered that the Navy has, you can take these, these classes to get your master's and you can do do it you know, through Naval War College and being in DC, you know, they had uh, locations you could go to. So I had, I took three, three year long classes. So uh, that was nine hours. So I think I needed 18 hours, but I'm trying to remember what they were strategy and war. So you can like focus in different areas, obviously like most masters and yeah. uh, programs, but um, yeah, I just decided to do it. Thought it looked good. Um, and I, I was actually going to go for it and get my masters. Um, but it just, I kind of it just kind of fell off the map. So I, I got the certificate, which was the nine hours. And if I take three more classes, basically, I'll have a master's in uh, strategy and war. What, I mean, you can pick one, but yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. It was once a week, like four hours at night. So what, I mean, it was pretty not, hard. I mean, it was a lot of information. Yeah. Are you someone that like, given what we were talking about before, like the attention to detail, recollection, like recall, being able to consume a lot of information, understand it, and then be able to interpret that. Has that always come easy to you? Like, were you a good student? Were you someone that, you know, or is that something that you've had to cultivate? And <laughs> he's laughing, by the way, you can't see it. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had to cultivate that, believe me. Really? I was, yeah, I was, um, like, even in high school, I was a mediocre student college i barely got a 3-0 i 
Um, I actually did better in law school because I buckled down a lot and uh, I was paying for it. So I was like, hmm, I better, I better do good, uh, do, you know, do as well in, in law school. Um, so it came later in life. Um, you know, I, I don't, I always tell my wife this. I don't, I have a lot of friends who are like just literally brilliant or not a lot, but I mean, some of my good, good friends are just absolutely just brilliant. I don't consider myself brilliant. I think I'm pretty smart, but I'm more uh, just nose to the grindstone guy. I mean, always just like, I just like, I like to work, but yeah, it, it definitely was something that I had to work on throughout my career. And I just got better at, at certain things. And I just, I've noticed this like in the last 10 years, I'm really good at like retaining information and, and, uh, but it's, again, it's not something I had to work on. It absolutely did not come easy. I feel like that is one, thank you for being honest about that. And two, I think that's good news because I do think a lot of people make assumptions about people that are successful in their careers that there's certain, oh, it came easy to them or, you know, there's just this idea that like you always were good at it or knew what you wanted to do. And and so I feel like from that perspective, it's really helpful to know that, you know, you can pivot. I guess what I'd be interested as a follow up to that is what did you I don't know if you can even remember now, but like what did you do differently when you decided to sort of engage in it? And maybe like you said, it was like once you were paying for it. But could you even remember like behaviorally how you changed to start kind of being more successful? Yeah, great. Great question. I thought about this before, actually. Yeah, I think two things. So I was kind of joking when I said, uh, you know, I buckled down when I had to pay for it, but not really. I mean, uh, before yeah, I, I think I was, I would, looking back in college, I was lazy. I mean, I didn't really want to work. I just wanted to have fun and do all that stuff. So I, I think a certain part of it is just realizing, you know, I'm responsible for the law, for law school and, and are really to do well, I'm going to have to buckle down and start, you know, trying to work, work at this. And then I think the military was huge in my life, just gave me discipline that I did not have in college, really did not have. And yeah, so that's a big part of it, that the discipline I learned in, in the military and working hard and, and things like that. So I think that's the big one, really. I think that really kind of structured my life and which I think I needed. And I think that gave me a really good basis, you know, to move forward as I got older as an attorney. Do you think that it also, it's also interesting now that you're talking about it in terms of you wanting to be a judge, like, is there some, like once you got in the military and you're in that environment, maybe you were like this anyway, but the idea of wanting to be promoted, right. And having some sort of, you know, real goals and aspirations to do more and to have more responsibility and to be like, I don't know if ambitious is the right word, but it's like, did that sort of click once you were in that environment? Because it is very like hierarchical and right. You have certain things you have to hit. Is that kind of where that sort of came to be or were you always someone that was kind of competitive and ambitious? Would you say? I think I've always been competitive and I played team sports and, 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 um, you know, growing up and in high school and stuff. Ambition-wise, I, you know, looking back, I don't know, I don't know how ambi- I probably could have been more ambitious. But with respect to the judge, I think any lit- I think most litigation attorneys will tell you that you know, a culmination of a career would be being some type of judge, be it a you know state court judge or a federal judge or administrative law judge, things like that. So you know, I was always kind of pointing towards that. But my father-in-law um, was a, was a judge for many years, so you know, I. Mm. I, you know, I 
see him in, in action and stuff. So I kind of always had that in the back of my mind that maybe, yeah, yeah. it was a career ending job, you know, be some type of judge. So, um, and it worked out. I, um, I think I applied. So, so they changed the systems, but so probably like five years ago, you used to have to take a test. It was like an all day test and get interviewed and all that good stuff. And they changed the whole process, but you know, so at least in the past five, six, seven years, I've really looked to make that move. And that was actually, so gosh, you're like reading my mind in terms of that moving from, you know, to pursue the judge ship. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> is it called a judgeship? Uh, is it, are you, do you have to be targeted about where you're trying to pursue that? Or is it like, here's a, like a buffet of judge jobs and you given your experience could probably fit in or slot into a number of those positions right yeah so to be an alj you know the judge the level below me and for an aaj basically you know there's when they advertise for these they you have these requirements that just basic requirements that you have to meet i think you know one of them i know is like seven years as a litigation attorney um and they, they have all these like uh, what do they call them? Knowledge, uh, knowledge skills, and abilities. Mm-hmm. Usually, so they'll have like six of them, and they'll lay out what they're looking for, and they're usually the same. So it, re- it didn't. I wasn't really narrowed to to where or what area mm-hmm. of law um, I could be an ALJ, but it was, it was more of what interested me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I almost took a job as an immigration judge with the with DOJ. Um, they, I had a job offer, but it was New York City, and I couldn't talk my wife into moving up that way. So. Uh, yeah, so it's just you, you have these base, you know, these qualifications, and then they have these NSAs are called, and you just, on your application, you just have to hit all those and show them how throughout your career you've done some of these things. Yeah. And then once, especially with the immigration, once you get like to the level where you're offered a job, every time you apply after that, you usually get get an interview. So you, once you get in the system, yeah, I think with the, with DOJ, it's like, oh, okay, this guy we know he's tested or he got high marks or whatever on his interviews. So what about like the psych, do they do any sort of like psychological testing to make sure that you're like, cause that's a, I mean, obviously you're rendering decisions that have lasting impact and you know, is there any type of like, or is it what you said, which is like, okay, they're looking at the totality of your experience. They see the decisions you render, you know, is there anything additional when you become a judge? They're like, let's just do one more assessment to make sure this dude is not. <laughs> not, not that in, in my experience now, I mean, yeah. so the, yeah, usually you have to, you know, hit, get through those initial wickets, which is difficult because they're, you know, they're asking for all these things. Yeah. Then you interview, I had to do for, for this job, you know, writing samples and we had to do, so I had to give them a writing example and then I had to take a writing they, they gave us like a writing exam. And then I think I had two or three total interviews. So it's a, it was pretty intense uh, process getting hired. Uh, hopefully that, that answered yeah, your question. Yeah, it did, Kenny. it did. And now that you're in the space as someone who was working, like you said, over the last four or five years to, to be in this position, is it meeting your expectations? Is it what you thought it would be? You know, that's yeah, always for- interesting to have a goal and then, and then reach the goal. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. So right now we're we're kind of slow, just because I don't know why, but um, so I'm a little frustrated with that because I I guess I get bored easily. I, I yeah, I want you know, like I said, I want work. I want to have cases that I, I can dig into and get into the record, listen to the hearing, listen to the witnesses, 
make a decision and write write my decision. I don't know what was going on. We we cleared a we had a really big backlog with respect to a certain um, area of cases, and we apparently got got that back. You know, get that taken care of. So, and I know they've been hiring a lot of attorneys. So my group might be kind of overstaffed with attorneys. So it's been a little slow um, recently, uh, and I, so I'm a little bit frustrated with that. But other than that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty much what I expected with respect to, you know, the job itself. And it's mainly, like I said, just you just write a lot. If you like writing yeah. opinions and this job is for you. And I, I've only been here a year yeah. and a half. So I've, I told my big boss, I'm like, look, I'm, if, if I have a choice, I'll, I'd probably like to stay here for a little bit longer, but I'm open. So there's, I mean, there's other places I can move, which is yeah. nice in the future, I think. And that's and that was the uh, other question is just like now that you're in this space, right, that probably opens up other opportunities as a judge to do different things. And that is probably, you know, I don't know, maybe I don't know if it's like, do you even know what that is next? Or is it more like what avails itself? You know, what surfaces and you're like, ooh, that could be really cool to be engaged there. Teresa's new book, Soft Skills I Learned the Hard Way, is out and available on Amazon. She writes about many epic fails throughout her career and how she learned from them so you don't have to. This book is full of cheat codes for how you can differentiate yourself when it matters, like in interviews, trying to get a promotion, or being a first-time leader. As always, thank you, Relatable Community. We are so grateful for your support and continued listenership. As of today... We are 8,000 listeners and 15 countries strong. Now back to the show. Right. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Um, it seems like at least in this administration, I don't know if it's going to change or whatever, but they are hiring there. They, they got things, uh, you know, my DAB, the departmental appeals board is doing a lot, a lot of things, a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, there's a few different areas I could move to if I wanted to. I kind of just have to weigh it with, do because my, I'm looking at retirement probably, maybe I don't know, because uh, my wife wants to retire in like two years when I hit and when I hit sixty and yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm I don't know if retirement is going to be good for me. We'll see, but uh, <laughs> so I'm kind of weighing that as well because my my term. I think what's going to happen, hopefully, is my term is going to turn into a permanent position. And then, you know, it's up to me when I want to yeah. punch out. Yeah. When you think about, you know, I've, I've actually recently was working with a client who's in his second year of law school and he's, you know, on the interview circuit and he's kind of thinking about his, you know, his senior year or not his third year. And then, you know, that translating to, to new work. And, you know, as far as um, I don't know it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on people that are, you know, going into law school, coming out of law school in terms of how they're showing up for interviews or what are the things that at least in your experience, even within the military that you think are the opportunities for them to show what they can do in a way that I'm all about like value. So my big thing when I do interview coaching is like, what's the value you're going to bring to what, an organization to, to whatever the role is. So when you, when you think about that question of like value and how people can show their value and demonstrate that, or that are kind of trying to break into this as a career, what, what advice do you have, or what are some of the things that 
they should highlight? So I was um, actually on like one of the committees who would interview law students who wanted to be JAGs. Okay. But probably, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago. So that was always, uh, I like doing that. You know, they, I, I get to talk to, to law students. The thing that would, I think, make people stand out in those interviews are just being prepared, ha- having a good answer as to why you want to be a JAG, you know, what's your, what's your career goals? You know, I would get frustrated when it just would seem like, you know, that they would just show up and just, you know, I went to Harvard, I'm, I'm going to get accepted into the JAG. And that's not necessarily the case. So I guess my advice for not just for JAG, for any interview as, you know, as a law student, just be prepared and don't, you know, don't go in there and try to wing it, you know, yeah. show that, show the interviewer that you've, you're taking this serious, you know, another thing that's important and I'll, this is a little bit off topic, but not really looking back on my career, I kind of lucked out. I didn't, you know, I, I've told my son this, I would tell law students this, try to find an area that you love and try to get a job in that area. Right. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I just kind of lucked out that the JAG Corps worked out so well for me. I didn't, I mean, I, I, I had a plan that I wanted to do that, but I never really had a, like, you know, my interest in life, I've always been music and sports. Right. So, you know, looking back on it now, if I could go back in a time machine, maybe I would try to find, you know, law jobs and, uh, mm, entertainment, you or know, sports, with, yeah. yeah, entertainment with, uh, I have a, a friend whose son is working for the Denver Nuggets as like, he's, he's just doing like intern stuff, but you know, something like that, that was my interest. So I would, I guess my advice to law students would be, if you can identify an area that you love and go after that job in that area as, as yeah. hard as you can. Cause so, then yeah. Yeah, you want to, you want to be happy, right? I don't think a lot of people, and I wasn't for a number of years, you want to be happy if you can be in your job and, and challenge and i think if you're if you're in an area that you love it i think it's just so much easier right it, it is and i remember i so remember um you know graduating from college or it was like my last year and i'd always thought about being a therapist and a counselor it was sort of just like my it's like in my dna <laughs> and i remember absolutely it is yeah. and i remember sitting in like a seminar about getting your msw like a, a master's in social work and like and I had just finished school and I was like, I can't, I can't do more school. Like, and the idea of like a practicum and all these things that you had to do. And I remember at like all of, what are you, 21? <laughs> thinking like, I'm gonna be left behind, you know? And like, I think that advice of like doing, you know, finding the thing that you, if you know it, if you know what you love to do and you have passion about something, go after it and it, it'll come like you, you, it'll come. And the idea that like at 21, you're going to be left behind is so different than it took me another 10 years to really eventually find my way back to something that was pretty similar to that kind of work. So it's almost like listen to those instincts, listen to your gut. And then you're right, like being able to just do anything to get yourself sort of in the sphere of that, to just test it and see like, oh yeah, I do love this, or this is really, cause then it doesn't feel as much like work. Right, exactly. The one thing I would say though, as I'm talking to you, and I know you a little bit, is just in terms of the, you're saying the luck and kind of things just sort of worked out. I do think that like, you have to deliver a certain kind of product, right? No matter what you're doing, that's good um, in order to get those opportunities. So. 
you being someone that can kind of grind it out or someone that figured out that, you know, you're able to kind of be successful by working hard or find, you know, to your point around that obsessive piece of like, I want it to be really good in order to move forward. Like those are some of the things that I think allow for other opportunities or allow for like, hey, you know, Kevin did this, this and this. And so we're going to tap him for this because, you know, there's something that you've demonstrated there. And I think that that shouldn't be diluted or sort of underwhelmed because it's it's an important piece of being able to move, I think, up and be successful and have options. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's kind of my personality. I think yeah. that um, I don't my, you know, I, I don't know. My wife always says, I, I, I don't toot my horn. I probably should more. But I've learned now, um, even at this job, you know, I, I came in out of my group, I'm just, I'm going to brag a little bit here, yeah. you know, just, yeah. you know, numbers, we have to get cases out a certain number. I'm really doing well with that. So I think I'm in a good spot where my supervisors really, you know, like my work. So it, it just boils down to, I mean, work, get your, <laughs> do, the, do the work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and this, the, yeah, but I agree exactly what you said. And the cool thing is if you like it, like you were saying, you love to get in it. You love to hear the testimony. You're like, you're still kind of juiced by that. That's the goal, man. That's what I hope when people listen to the, these conversations. It's like you find that thing and everybody has a thing. You know, you, you if you are open to it and you kind of are like open to trying different things and being exposed, you'll find it. And then it's like you can go all in and then it doesn't feel like work. It's like this beautiful recipe that seems complicated, but it's not. It's not really. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think my next, uh, I'm thinking about my next career is doing podcasts with either my my son or a buddy of mine, just talking about music and sports yes. and politics. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, I got to talk to you offline because uh, yeah. I, I have any ideas how to, you know, how to easy. do a podcast. Probably. It's yeah. totally easy. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, my favorite subject, which is soft skills and, uh, you know, I think you have now in your role as a judge and as an attorney. So maybe maybe they're the same thing, maybe not. But I am curious when I talk to people. You're my first judge, by the way. Um, I have talked to at least one attorney, maybe maybe another. But um, who also was she was Army. Um, she's a colonel in the Army. And I want you to meet them. We're going to maybe that's yeah. we'll have you guys over. And then you we'll mentioned them. Yeah. Yep. So what would you say from your perspective, like when you think about and, and particularly you were on that committee of, of like interviewing candidates, but just the soft skills that at least within your profession, you see that maybe there are some gaps that you'd like to see people strengthen or the ones that you think are super critical for them to be successful. And I mean, let me just throw one out. I mean, there's adaptability, a yeah. soft skill. I mean, yeah, I think as a, a young attorney and I was guilty of this, I think it's important to be flexible, adaptable. Yeah. Um, those are, I think, attention to detail, like we've talked about. I mean, those are all skills I think that you need, you know, to be successful. And I think that translates over to being a judge as well. You know, maybe so. There's there's additional ones. Um, I don't know. I mean, we can get into more, but you know, being same thing with the judge. You know, being adaptable, being you know, being compassionate. I don't know if that's a soft skill, but yeah. I mean, as a as a judge, I think you need to be compassionate and, and wanting to do justice. I think persuasive, and I think that's another skill for an attorney, especially if you want to be a litigation attorney, right? You're trying to persuade, you know, if you're trying cases, that's your job to persuade either the judge or the jury, to, you know, as to, to to your side of the case or your case. So those are some of the skills I think that you need uh, to be successful as both an attorney and a judge. 
on the persuasive side, because I feel yeah. like that. I wrote down a few here. Let me make sure I'm not missing any. Those are awesome, by the way. I'm so curious. I want to see how I can ask this because I don't. I don't think it's an easy question to answer. But maybe you have a like. Is there a methodology that you've used that helps you to be persuasive in the way that you want to be? You know what? What are sort of the like? Because I feel like this is one of those like. What happens behind the curtain? Like, there's people really good at it that can right. influence an outcome so easily, and then and right. so I'm always trying to. In, I'm very curious about that. And what do you think some of those things are that kind of help win people over or you get you can persuade them? Great question. And, let me, and I think I have a good example for Ooh. you. So one of my buddies at my old job, he is just a fantastic litigation attorney. Just as on his feet, he's just great. You know, he and he's one of those guys and it's, it's I envy him. He can go up like with a just a, something written down on a piece of paper, one sentence. And he goes in and he argues the case. So some people are, that's just God given, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not like, I, unfortunately I'm not like that. I, I have to, I, for someone like me, who's not, who's never really comfortable on the feet. You know, I took, I was supposed to take speech my freshman year in college. I put it off till senior year, uh. but I think going to law school and doing the moot course and stuff that, that helped with that fear. So I guess some people have it naturally, but for those people who don't, and I didn't, I think it, all, it just comes down to being prepared. I always thought one of my strengths was I came across as a reasonable guy. And I think that's huge, huge, huge in front of, if you're trying cases, right? And going back to my friend, he does fantastic, but he comes off sometimes, and I've been told this by people on our team, my old team and others, he comes across sometimes as Eric because he just seems like he knows everything. So I think it's extremely important as a litigation attorney to come off as being reasonable. Mm -hmm. You're just a reasonable person. And, you know, I don't know, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, I mean, do, so you, do you practice the whole, like, like, would you practice, and I've said this before on here, so I don't think he would care, but th this is what you've described as, it's so funny between your friend and you is me and Paul. So I can, on the fly, you put me up in front of a group of people and like you give me something and I can, I had to do a toast, like unprepared. No, I didn't know I needed to do it. It was at my nephew's wedding. My sister's like, can you say something? Paul's like, I would be in the bathroom, like crying because he's a preparer. Like he's a preparer like and he'll like, when he does stuff at work, you know, he'll like the day before he'll kind of run through it. I can hear, you know, yep. he's, maybe not as much now, but certainly in the developmental years of like, so are, would, would you kind of, I don't know if rehearse is the right word, but say the stuff out loud before you're, you know, before the day, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. I would do it with, with my wife. If I had a, um, I had, I tried a case in uh, federal court in Oklahoma, a product liability case. It was a pretty big case. And yeah, I remember I would go through my opening and, and my closing, you know, I just, I'd have my outline and I'd just be going through it with her. Yeah. Um, or I go, go through it with, a you know, some, some of the other attorneys. Yeah. I, I, I probably overprepare. That's just me. Again, um, my friend, you know, he can the night before write down a sentence and spend like an hour, you know, and for me, jury trial, if I had a jury trial and the closing, I, I would write the closing weeks before the trial even started. Yeah. And then I would just, you know, adapt to whatever evidence uh, came out. Cause sometimes evidence comes out to the turn expecting or whatever. But yeah, so I'm, I'm like your husband, I think. Uh, if you don't have that, I think if you don't have that ability to just think on your feet and just get up and 
do what you got to do. I think preparation, uh, yeah. co- you know, will compensate and, and, and help you. And to um, be, and you know what, to be honest, it's so funny in some ways, me being the way I am has hurt me. I've learned over the years to be more prepared and it's so much better, you know, for me personally, you know, some people, like you said, are just like, it's a magic and they can just do it. But I do think preparedness <laughs> really wins the day in terms of being able to like influence in the sense that like you have enough knowledge to be able to pull from and draw from to be able to do that. There's something I was going to ask you too. Oh, just about like, have you ever had a situation where you were in front of a jury or you were like did flop sweats or anything like that? Did you ever have like, <laughs> you know, one where you like had a panic, you know, like, cause you, you're like on and you, it's not like you can step out. I mean, <laughs> you're sort of in it. Right. Luckily, I don't think that's ever happened to me, but, you know, I was always nervous um, in front of a jury. And uh, I think for me, once, like if I was given a closing, I'd be nervous at the beginning. But, you know, once you get warmed up and you can see that they're listening to you, then you kind of you gather more strength. But I'm sure that I'm trying to think there's something in the back of my mind that happened to me. I can't. can't, I don't know if it was in the military. No, just the only recent thing that happened that I wasn't expecting is we had a we had a cooperator in our terrorism case. So he was a convicted uh, terrorist and uh, I had to take his deposition and, you know, we had prepared him hours and, you know, we had to get into the way he was treated by the government, which was not good. And we had, you know, you, you want to bring that out first. So, you know, the defense doesn't drop it on, on, on mm. the judge or whatever. So, and he was really reluctant to talk about how he, you know, what had happened to him. But we, you know, I told him over and over and we went through it and I asked him the questions. And but w- during the actual deposition, he didn't want to, he, he did not want to talk about it. And he got angry with me. And so I was that was I was like taking it back there. But we kind of came around. I said something to him that calmed him down. But yeah, I mean, that's the, the most recent thing where I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do here? <laughs> um, yeah, other, yeah. Other than that, I don't think I've had the flop sets. That's uh, I'm sure I've sweated, but um <laughs> Not yeah, profusely that's, that's, and not uh, noticeably. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. And then lastly is just, you know, when you think about what you maybe have alluded to, but I now that I'm even more curious, given what you shared about just, you know, your own maturity and growth around figuring out what you want to do and, and how you've like created some discipline and motivation for yourself. Like when you think about kind of 25 year old Kevin, right, or, you know, like you're just out, like what advice would you give him? that could have made the path a little bit easier. Anything different than what you've already shared, just in terms of, you know, I think a lot of people, and I agree, like you don't always, it is, the choices are what you make them, and and so it's not like you would necessarily rewrite history, but is there anything that you, you know, could have made it a little easier on you, or that you wish you would I think known? so. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I kind of fell into uh, somewhat. I mean, I wish I would have had more of a plan, so. yeah. Like I said, I lucked out because looking back for the majority of my career, I enjoyed it. There's a you know six-year period where I hated it. But I think, and we were talking about this earlier, if you can identify an area, yeah. as, you know, we're talking about law students, but probably other students as well, but or anyone, just inv- if you can identify an area that you like or love, and I think that's important. I, I didn't really do that. I was just, I kind of was like, just going with the flow. Oh, okay, I graduated. I'm going to graduate law school. I always, you know, I was thinking about being a JAG. Let me go talk to the, so I guess there's some direction there, but I didn't really know what type of law I wanted to do. I just knew that the military, you got to do a lot of things yeah. early. 
that was one of the selling points for me. They just, they give you a lot of responsibility, but I think looking back on 25 year old Kevin, um, maybe have a little bit more direction, maybe go try to get, you know, a law job in an area that you really would really enjoy. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I think I mean, we talked about that a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Have you seen totally random? Have you seen or heard of the show jury duty? Uh, I just saw, I saw that somewhere yesterday advertised. Oh, it is so entertaining. Is it what is it on uh, Amazon? It's on like freebie. So it's like you, so you, there's like some advertisements in it, but do you know the concept it's they've created a, a trial and they've, yeah. and it's all actors except for one person. And the one person is like, they're all getting called to jury duty. And so, yeah. and there's a pretty famous actor that James Martin, that's like, yeah. that's kind of most notable in it. But everyone else are these character actors. The judge is an actor, the trials and like everybody except this one dude. And it is so funny. And they obviously like really amp up the characters of like who would be called in to be on jury duty. And and I think as someone in your line of work, you would find it hugely entertaining. We've, we I got all the boys to watch, we all watched it together and um, everybody's in. I think it's only like six episodes or something. And then obviously there'll be some reveal. And I listened to James <laughs> being interviewed and he was like, there's nothing about trying to make this guy look like an idiot, right? It's everybody else that's kind of an idiot. And the real guy that's like a normal human is sort of like taking it all in and just trying to like process I, it. Yeah. I'll, have to look, I'll watch it yeah. for sure. Cause yeah. I saw, I think I saw it yesterday. It popped up when I, I was doing something on the internet. Super entertaining. Well, you're just the best for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that we're reconnected. Cause I feel like it's been yeah. a while, but it's, uh, I feel like I could you talk guys. to you forever about what you do. I think it's so cool. And I just appreciate you kind of sharing your insight and your path with us. It's awesome. Anytime. Yeah, no, it was great to see you again. It was fun. Thank you, Kevin, for joining me on Relatable. I learned so much. A few things that stood out for me. How to make the transition from being a litigator to a judge. That compassion, flexibility, persuasiveness, and adaptability are critical to being a successful attorney or judge. And how the military helped Kevin to learn discipline and structure. Thank you to Missy for producing this episode and Hannah for your support. A big thank you to our relatable community. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment and subscribe and rate us on your favorite streaming platform. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills and you can find more information about Relatable and our sponsor by visiting www.tfasoftskills.com. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable. Stay connected.